0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Black and White Sports Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Quentin Corkiwell. Joining me on this lovely Monday evening, which feels like night considering how dark it is outside, Gabe Shayner What's up, Quentin? It's good to be back. It's great to be back. Another week, another weekend of football that we got to watch. This was a fun weekend of football, I would say. A lot of lot of good games, some unexpectedly good games, which we'll get to in a second, Gabe. What did you like about this weekend? I got to say, I was looking
1: forward to a Packers win and then (laughs) things didn't go so well. A lot that we can't really uh, I can't really blame on on our better players, but some key mistakes that end up being very costly Uh, We got lucky a couple times. Colts got luckier. But besides that, you know, it was was a good fantasy week, I guess.
0: (laughs) Oh, of course. Well, not for me. We'll get to that in a little bit. But first, I wanted to get into a couple of the games from this weekend before we get into the nitty-gritty. I want to start with the Sunday night game. Chiefs Raiders. Great game. Great way to spend my Sunday night watching. uh, did Did you happen to see when they were analyzing the stadium like giving it basically a, a tour of how it worked. I, I did not
1: see that. It, it's
0: tell. it's so cool. Like they had they could like pull out the football field. They could move all different kinds of things around the stadium. There's just so much inside of it. If you ever get a chance, just look it up on YouTube or something. It's it's awesome. But as for the actual game Chiefs won a a great game and the thing I pulled out the thing I most took away from it was Patrick Mahomes. I would be shocked if he doesn't win the MVP. Like, I feel like this is a a LeBron James situation in the NFL. Like, he's so clearly the best and most impactful player, but we're just searching for who the second best player is, whether it be Kyler or, or Josh Allen or Russell Wilson or whoever it may be. But Patrick Mahomes is, in my opinion, the clear-cut MVP favorite so far. Yeah,
1: because cause everyone's always looking for who's the next big thing, and they want yeah. that to be MVP. Yeah. So, like, last year it was Lamar Jackson, deservingly so. Mm-hmm. But this year, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the most consistently dominant player, let alone quarterback, uh, yeah. um, this year. And he is the most valuable player to his team of any other player. I can't think of one more valuable.
0: It's just that whenever he gets the ball, like, last night was a perfect instance. Raiders go up 31-28, gets the ball with a couple minutes left, and it feels inevitable that they're going to score because of Patrick Mahomes. Not only because of Patrick Mahomes, but he's he's the engine that runs the offense. And hey-ho, what do you know? They score, and they end up winning. And just... His ability to create plays and just I I'm amazed every time I watch him. That's the big thing. Like he does yeah. like one thing every game that I'm like, what? Like wow. Yeah.
1: And I think I'm I'm impressed that the Raiders are as good as they are this season. I yeah. didn't think they would be, but they're doing pretty well.
0: Their offense is sneaky good. Derek yeah. Car's a A sneaky good quarterback. Josh Jacobs is, I think, a top 12 running back at least. Waller's blossomed into a top six tight end. Aguilar's reinvented himself on the Raiders. Ruggs has been good so far. And uh, other than some COVID issues with the offensive line, the offense has been great. It's just the defense hasn't been equally as good, unfortunately. That's sort of what let them down. I can't blame them because it was the Chiefs. But the only thing that's really – that really might be the Raiders' downfall in the postseason if they make the postseason or if they finish out the regular season is, is the defense. Yeah. So – I agree. Next, yes, yes. Next game, Dolphins-Broncos. If Miami somehow misses the playoffs, I think this would be the game to blame I, I hope this was a fluke because I've been extremely high on the Miami Dolphins. They just played a terrible game on both sides of the ball. They let Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsey run all over them. And on offense, Tua couldn't get much going. And he was eventually benched, which I think was temporary. I'm still high on this team. They've still got a really easy next two games against the Jets and I believe the Texans. If they lose one of those two games, I don't know. Those are two pretty bad teams. I think next week would definitely be the week to get to a rolling against the Jets. What what do you think?
1: Yeah, listen, I wouldn't read too much into that loss. I think that they're a very solid team. And I mean, they're they're not really contenders, but they're definitely um in for the long haul with this team and a potential playoff spot and look they didn't play well and I think that's gonna happen that's gonna happen I talked about um I talked about this with the Packers I believe or no it was the Steelers when I thought that uh the Bengals were gonna beat them I think it's good to be a little vulnerable um it's a good uh it's very humbling to lose to a team that you should beat. And I think that, yeah, this was the humbling experience for the Dolphins. And I think that they'll be better from it. And, yeah,
0: it was a poor game by them. But we'll, we'll see if they bounce back. Well, here's the difference between the Dolphins and the Steelers. The Steelers can afford a humbling experience because they're 10-0. And, and they're going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins can't really afford these bad losses as much as the Steelers. I mean, right now, if you go to the AFC playoff picture, they're the nine seed yeah, sitting at six and four. And last week was a huge opportunity for them because I think there were six AFC teams at six and three. And them, Vegas, and Baltimore – both lost. So this was a huge opportunity for them to maintain their hold on a playoff spot. And obviously blowing this game against the Broncos certainly isn't going to do them any favors, but yeah, I do agree with you on that. I think this was a flute game. I think they'll definitely bounce back next week against the minor league football team.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. And um, also, yeah. also I, I agree with you. I don't think they can afford to have any more humbling experiences, but I think that this this is one. If I were a Dolphins fan, I'd say, "Okay, let's let's get over, let's get over it quickly and and bounce back." Got a couple couple easy games, yeah. But they definitely can't lose. Any of any of those two.
0: So next game, Ravens Titans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Baltimore Ravens are like the Milwaukee Bucks of the NFL. Mm. Yeah. can't win in the playoffs They they could prove themselves wrong with that however the alarm should rightfully be going off yeah they were missing a few starters but week by week their holes become more glaring I mean I want to talk about this later with Lamar Jackson to be fair it is not all Lamar's fault he has little to no supporting cast around him. I mean, Mark Andrews, is a, he's a great tight end. But other than that, the running game is on-off. J.K. Downs, he, he was pretty good. But you never know when you're going to get a good game out of him. He's not – none of those running backs are go-to guys. And if someone gets hot in the backfield, they can't just stick with them because of their committee approach. And as for the wide receivers, none of them have proven themselves to be a wide receiver one on that team. Mm -hmm. And while Ravens stands might be like, oh, well, it's Marquise Brown. No, or at least not yet. He has yet to prove he can make plays and get open. And obviously, yeah, it doesn't help that Lamar can't beat teams with his arm yet, but still, like, his stats so far have – not reflected that of a wide receiver one at all. And nor has Willie Snead or DuVernay or even Boykin. I know DuVernay and Boykin, I believe, are rookies, but someone's got to step up if they're going to have any chance of keeping themselves in games. And the thing about Lamar Jackson, going back to him, it looks like teams have at least sort of figured him out, Mm -hmm. like he said. So that's bad. And – before I get to the defense, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I just think that this was the Titans game to lose, and I knew it would be close. Um, the Titans are a more built team, more established, and the Ravens are just very youthful still all around um, at the running back and wide receiver positions. They're not going to be able to rely on J.K. Dobbins, like you were saying to produce game after game because he's young. And um, I mean, you, you could say the same thing about James Robinson, but I, I don't think that uh, JK Dobbins is as good, but then, then there's uh then there's the wide receiver problem. I'm going to say that not only is Marquise Brown, not a wide receiver one, I don't think he's a wide receiver two. On this raid, he is not good
0: right now.
1: Right now, sure, but he at this moment is playing some of the worst football. I I saw someone analyze it, and they were like, "Look at this really easy route that he could run."
0: Who is the who is
1: the who is the someone? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) Um. Yeah, but he basically pinpointed a route that would have been super easy. I think it was a fade. Okay. And. All he had to do was make one little cut in, and then he could fade out. Mm-hmm. Instead, he basically runs straight and looks for the ball, and Lamar throws it probably where he should throw it, yeah, um, over his back shoulder, and he's nowhere close to it. Mm. It's an incompletion, and I don't think that that's a wide receiver one. Sure, he's more of a a deep threat guy because of his his pure athleticism, but I just he should be able to make that that route. And then you're not going to, who knows how
0: Des Bryant's going to turn out. Oh my God. I completely yeah. forgot. How did I just yeah, not yeah. mention the Ravens' second leading receiver yesterday, Des Bryant? <laughs> he
1: had four catches. I
0: mean, that's pretty good
1: for someone who hasn't
0: played. How long has he not played in two well, years? Well, first of all, yeah, he hasn't played in three years. Second of all, I'm extremely happy for Des Bryant. I want to say that first yeah. and foremost. I'm so glad Props. he's back in the NFL. Props to the Ravens for getting him on the team. Forgetting him on the team. Some people are going to forget how awesome he was on the Cowboys. He would kill the Giants every time we played him. And he was definitely one of the NFL's premier receivers. So it's great to have him back. But continue on what you were saying about Des Bryant.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, there's no established wide receiver one. And I don't think he's he's that guy. He can definitely catch five to seven Um, catches a game, but I don't think that he's going to be able to turn that into um, what other wide receivers around the league can do. Like, uh, yeah, like other teams just have better wide receiver ones. And I don't think this Ravens offense has it this year. And yeah, yeah, I'll I'll talk more about Lamar later, like you said.
0: Yeah. And with this defense, this is supposed to be like their big strength. The thing Mm -hmm. that... They can always lean on in case the offense is not going. In case the offense isn't playing well, but they kind of blew that game at the end on defense. I mean, this is now two weeks in a row where I was watching the Patriots game. Their linebackers and defensive linemen were getting pancaked on runs. Like they could not match up at all with the offensive lineman in that game. It was kind of the same in this game. And hey, Derek Henry is Derrick Henry. But like, the defense has not been playing well, and now the Ravens are sitting at they're sitting at six and five now, six and four. Excuse me. Six and four. I think this team needs to do some serious rethinking about how to really maximize their talent, both on offense and defense. And as for the Titans, look. They're currently at the fifth spot. They're seven and three. I don't really know how that's possible considering that they're defense. They're basically I think they're like a downgraded Seahawks. Is that a fair is that a fair assessment? With a little mm-hmm. bit more with a little uh the Titans. Um with, with more of a running game. Yeah, I
1: I don't I mean the two wide receivers and very solid quarterback
0: yeah Russell Wilson a little bit more than very solid I was thinking and, more along we, the lines no
1: of, yeah I, what what was what were you thinking I'm I was sorry. thinking more
0: along the lines of like defense is bad but the Seahawks proved on Thursday night they can they, they came to play on Thursday night. I'll give them that their defense especially but the Titans defense is still really bad I think Russell Wilson is better than Tannehill Metcalf is better than AJ Brown
1: oh for sure Tyler Lockett's better than... Uh,
0: Corey Davis? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a fair assessment. But both of these teams still have glaring weaknesses, and a path to the Super Bowl would be very tough considering what both rosters have shown so far 10 games into this season.
1: Yeah, and it would, it would take some upsets, but Tennessee is a huge upset team. Like can that, can, that can
0: pull an upset or get upset? Oh, pull an upset. Oh, yeah. I, would, well, absolutely. both, actually. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Do you think the Colts right now are better than the Titans or the Titans yes. are better than the Colts? I okay. think
0: the Colts have proven me and a lot of people wrong. I think the Colts are definitely better than the Titans. And I want to get to that game right about now. Okay. So, Gabe... You're a Green Bay Packers I watched fan. The whole game, so. Watched mm-hmm. the whole game. What did you think?
1: I think that Green Bay was the better team entering and leaving that game. Okay. But I think that they made some awful mistakes. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Granted, the
1: Colts did as well, but I, they made some some mistakes that a really good playoff team should not make. Agreed. Um, but Aaron Rodgers is is this game kind of proved that Aaron Rodgers can't dig everyone out of a hole. Mm-hmm. He can he can almost do it. He really can. He was he had that forty seven yard pass to Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Uh he, he was pulling pulling out all the tricks he could, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling fumbled. And yeah, what are what are you gonna do about those? I yeah, I think that if they played today and tomorrow, that they would win both games. But I, to the Colts' credit, they have a a great defense that's able to force force mistakes. Absolutely. Um, all credit to Darius Leonard, and I guess Rakiasin stepped up pretty pretty well. I'm not a huge. Uh, defensive analysis guy, but Mm -hmm. yeah, those guys were crazy. Packers defense did all right, too. Um, But yeah, they can't really keep up with uh, better than
0: average offenses. (laughs) So I want to make a formal apology to the Indianapolis Colts. I thought the Titans were better than them when they were going into the Thursday night game. You can you can stand by me on that. I, we both thought the Titans just had more, quote-unquote, star power and could make plays late. And then the Colts said, hey, what about us having, like, a top-five defense and still a pretty def- decent offense? We were like, eh. And then they go out and beat the Titans by 17. And they go out and, and play this game, which I think was definitely – I don't know. I don't want to say a must-win. But this was a big win for the Colts because this kind of put them on the level of, ooh, better watch out for the Colts because Jonathan Taylor finally for one, had a good game after looking like he had lost his job to Naneem Hines. And second Wilkins. of all, and Jordan Wilkins, Philip Rivers has been playing well. Would you... Could you back me up on that?
1: So, yeah, from what I saw, he looks very similar to how he had been looking on the Chargers the past few years. Uh He's just able to to connect on short to medium passes and let his wide receivers do the rest. I think what the Colts do really well is they don't have – again, I think they – kind of deceivingly don't have, quote-unquote, that star power that we were talking about. Yeah. But they have so many weapons that are just very good, not great, Hmm. that if someone's ever having an off night, like, you can't really rely on T.Y. Hilton that much anymore.
0: He always gets injured by Halloween. That's the T.Y. Hilton rule. Keep going.
1: Yeah, he's still going to have... Pittman, as of late, Pascal, uh, Hines out of the backfield, Ali Cox has been very good. I think that Wilkins is a solid receiver. uh, And then he also has... I don't know how how good Trey Burton is, but he had a nice play against Mm -hmm. the uh, Packers. So yeah, he's definitely got got players um, to rely on. And then they also have a bunch of Uh, running backs um, they have like a it's it's hard to predict which running back will play the best out Mm -hmm. of any given week but yeah they have taylor who i watched when he was at wisconsin i absolutely love the way he plays the beast Wilkins has been yeah he's jonathan taylor is not human
0: okay Um, calm down (laughs) they're human
1: in college, he was not human. <laughs> now, now he looks more like yeah, your average running back. Um, Hines can be very good. He was not yesterday. Um, Wilkins has been the running the RB one mm-hmm. for a few weeks now, but last night he was not, or uh, yesterday he was not. Yeah, yeah, they they've got a ton of players. Is what I'm trying to say.
0: They're looking they're looking very Tampa Bay razy. Yes. Like they don't they didn't have a star, but when someone was having an off night, someone else could step up. And that defense, I don't know if you saw, but Aaron Rodgers, I think, said, I don't know if it was earlier in the week or whenever it was. I think Aaron Rodgers said that Fred Warner on the 49ers was the best middle linebacker in football. And Darius Leonard looked at that and took it personally. And I think he Darius Leonard is definitely one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL, not the best, and along with, as you said, Rock Yassine and, and Buckner and Julian Blackman, who forced the fumble on defense. That defense is rock solid, and I think that can certainly help them if Phillip Rivers decides to look like his... Nah, no, no, not the Philip Rivers part, never mind. If the offense is having a bad game, the defense can stay solid and at least give them a chance to win. So I think that's yeah. definitely what's going to keep the Colts in the Super Bowl discussion. Yeah. All right. I want to transition now to a little mini game. It's called How Worried Are You About Your Quarterback Situation? So I'm going okay. to list some teams and we are going to rate them one to ten on how worried we would be if we were fans about the quarterback situation. One being rock solid, all good, to ten being freaking out a little bit. Actually, a lot. Freaking out a lot. So, let's start with Cleveland.
1: Cleveland. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Two.
0: Two. Two feeling yeah. rock
1: solid. Uh, not rock solid, but solid. like s- sand solid. You know, like like ground up stone solid, but not rock solid. Okay, explain. Um, yeah. So the Browns, they're okay with Mayfield because they've got a very solid defense. Rock solid, even, defense. They're a run first team. And you know, maybe a couple of years down the line, if the Mayfield investment isn't working out, then maybe it'll be time to throw in the towel. But right now they're doing fine. They're currently if the playoffs started, they're in the playoffs. So Yep. Yeah, and maybe invest in some some younger wide receivers because right now they've got some guys that have been around and been injured and not the most reliable i think we can both agree Jarvis Landry mm. and Odell Beckham when he's healthy you know they're not they're not necessarily as reliable as guys like Michael Thomas Devontae Adams you know the people that are going to rack up 8 9 catches a game um, yeah yeah i i think that they're, they're going to be okay they're a run first team stick with that identity if they need to pass they'll be fine Baker Mayfield's fine. But, yeah, two.
0: maybe. Okay, I can, I can definitely see why you put two pretty solid. I put five just because here in the DMV, if you don't have NFL Red Zone or DirecTV, the whole package, on Sunday we got stuck with Washington, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia, Cleveland. And watching that Philadelphia, Cleveland game, Baker Mayfield was missing some pretty easy throws. And he's had a lot – he's had more of those games than actual good games where he's like, oh, hey, don't forget about me. I'm still good. He had an easy touchdown in the first quarter. I think it was to Austin Hooper. He just completely missed them. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You're run first team. They've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But Chubb had like 20 or 30-something yards going into the fourth quarter, and Kareem Hunt wasn't playing that great either. So I don't know if I would be 100% – trustful of Baker Mayfield to make a play on third and eight or if they're at the goal line they keep getting stuffed and Baker Mayfield needs to roll out and hit somebody so I would I'm not too worried I'm I'm just not very trustful of him when he needs to make a play for himself I mean if I were them again I
1: would be a little bit worried about their weapons situation because yeah he doesn't he's not throwing to to great wide receivers, that's something to look into in the in the draft. I think.
0: Next team, Philadelphia.
1: I didn't think about a grade for this one, but I do think it's it's up there, like a seven or eight. Yep. Um, the, Wentz is not what he was for, um, a couple seasons ago.
0: Thanks for the new slash.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he does not look good. I think it's it's time to to take a chance on Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it, I don't think that I don't think that'd be a terrible idea. Let's just see what they've got. They're not.
1: Yeah, again, it's not a, it's not. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they lost out and, and gave their uh, rookie a shot. And just saw what he had.
0: If they were in any other division, I would be green-lighting that as fast as I could. But they're still leading the NFC East. And Doug Peterson said in an interview he'd be sending the wrong message. If he benched Carson Wentz, what is that wrong message exactly? Like, If your quarterback is playing terribly and you need like a spark plug why not put in Jalen Hurts? I mean, it obviously can't hurt, especially if th- – look, this was hard because right now their next four games are Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. If they go down big in one of those games, they got to put in Jalen Hurts just to see what he's got.
1: Yeah, and and I think like at the end, at a, in a low-stakes situation – just yeah, see see what kind of talent translates. And also, I think the question is more like I think it's that you don't want to do that to your quarterback. You don't want to play mind games with him. Um, because you saw what that did to the Washington football team. Yeah. Um, they were playing some games with Dwayne Haskins. Psyche and that didn't end up so well. He, he who deserves like an,
0: who deserves another chance. I will yeah, continue to for push sure. for Dwayne Haskins to start.
1: Yeah, um, and I guess they're winning, so, but they're not. They're not trending towards anything good.
0: No, look, it's not completely Carson Wentz's fault. He's been playing bad. The offensive line has given up 40 sacks this year, which is the most in the league. But the thing is, when you watch Carson Wentz, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm going to continue to yell at him to just get the hell out of the pocket. He's got to know when the pocket is collapsing and finding a hole to escape out of. Like on the first interception, the pick six, if he got out of there like a second faster, that, that pick doesn't happen. And he just stands there a second too long and then he just gets swallowed up. And I know he's not Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes where you can just turn to an escape artist and get eight yards on the ground. But he's just got to know when to get out of the pocket and when to just throw it away. Yeah. And also for the Eagles, this was a game they needed to win because, as I just said, their next four games are against Super Bowl contenders. All teams that are above five hundred and in serious contention for the Super Bowl. So the fact that they lost this game I think spells bad news for their NFC East chances.
1: Yeah. I mean shout out uh to you calling that the uh Giants are the best team in the NFC East.
0: Dude they're the only team in the in that division that's trending upward. Yep. Right now. Because I don't know how Dallas won the Minnesota game. Maybe it was Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Washington, oh, they they won too, but Cincinnati didn't have Joe Burrow, which was kind of the only thing that was going right for them. Yeah. The Giants, the one thing that might hold them back, they've already played Washington and Philly twice, and yeah. they don't play Dallas till Week 17. They still have to play Seattle, Arizona, and Baltimore, which... They've. The Giants have yet to prove they can beat anyone outside the NFC East, mm-hmm. so uh, that'll definitely be that'll definitely be a priority. We st- we play Cincinnati next week. We have to win that game. Like we absolutely have to win that game. If we lose that game, I don't know about our East chances. So I want to move on to the next team. New Orleans. Um, first,
1: can you give me the injury
0: update for Drew Brees? How long's he out? So he's out at least the next two or three games. He's got eleven of his twenty-four ribs cracked, and he also had a collapsed lung, I believe. So I don't think they're rushing it back. They're eight and two at the moment, and I think they yeah. liked what they saw from Taysom Hill. So yeah, what you got?
1: I was zero. I don't think that they need to be worried at all because Taysom Hill. And we'll talk about him when we talk about fantasy football. Yep. Uh, Taysom Hill, I, I mean, look, he's a genuinely good passer, which I think people were discounting heading into the game. Mm. And worse comes to worse, Jameis Winston can throw five touchdowns and four interceptions. Like, you can... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, true. like <laughs> he he has a lot of talent and there are certainly some weapons on that team. You've got Kamara and Thomas uh and more. And yeah, I, I think they're okay. They don't need to worry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I had him as a one. I want to get to that when we talk about fantasy football, but I think he's doing just fine. All right, last one. Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah, I I have a 10 here. Same.
1: Um, They need to be completely freaking out because this was the concern, right? Joe Burrow cannot do it without an offensive line. They need to throw everything they can throw at getting offensive linemen, tight ends, fullbacks, any kind of blocking so that Burrow can just throw and not have to worry because they just lost him uh, by him tearing his a c l and m c l and having a ton of other ligament damage, they just yeah. lost him probably two years off the back end of his career um just because he 's not gonna be like that durable anymore yeah and yeah like it 's really their fault i 'm not gonna i 'm not gonna blame this on chance that he got injured. I think that they did not equip him with the tools to succeed. They could have. They really could have. They could have gotten offensive linemen,
0: but they had enough. They did. Well, they kind of did. They drafted Jonah Williams, but I mean, obviously, you got to do a little bit more than that.
1: You no, know, they need to like trade for guys. Obviously, they don't have much to trade, but they need to go out in free agency and get some veterans
0: in there. They just, mm-hmm. they,
1: like I said, they need to go all in. Give up AJ Green. He's not good anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Give him the Giants. He would certainly be our number one receiver. (laughs) So, as I said before, since the DMV was stuck with the Bengals-Washington game, we saw it live and it was disgusting. And that was the last, that was the only thing the Bengals could not let happen, was Joe Burrow getting injured, and especially injured like this. I've been worried this whole season that something like this could possibly happen, because Burrow's been getting killed all season. He's been taking so many hits, and but one of them was bound to be bad. And sure enough, he got this. And that was kind of the only fun thing about the Bengals was watching Joe Burrow. Yeah. So I hope maybe Ryan Finley still got some of that NC State magic, but he's no he's no Joe Burrow. And I would definitely be worried if I was Cincinnati, because obviously you just invested in the number one pick in him. And now he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And next season, so I think the Bengals have to do some serious thinking about how they want to approach this because this is obviously a very high magnitude situation.
1: Yeah, heartbreaking too. I'm
0: oh, yeah. always wanted to root for Joe Burrow. Yes, of, yes, of course. All right, let's transition now to fantasy corner, brought to you by nothing yet. But Taysom Hill, <laughs> brought to you by Taysom Hill. Yes. So, let's talk about Taysom Hill. It was officially Taysom time in New Orleans. So last week he got 24 PPR points, and he's most likely going to be start the, the starter for at least the next three games. Gabe, did you pl- did you have him or did you play against him last? I gotta I all? gotta tell you. I saw
1: this coming. I really Monday I picked him up. No one or maybe whenever um you're allowed to pick up players, so I think Tuesday afternoon, yeah. no one had picked him up. And I was like, look, I have Evan Ingram on a bye, who's who he's kind of turned it around for me. Um I, mm-hmm. John o. Smith. Why don't I just take a risk and play Taysom Hill? Because he's eligible at tight end. He's going to get more reps. I didn't think he would start. He's going to get more reps um, with Drew Brees out. And I picked him up in that league. And then I saw that he was named the starter. So I was like, whoa, okay, I'm taking this risk in my more important league, Um, which I did. And I started him at tight end in one league and flex in the other because I had uh, Kelsey. Yeah, and it paid off. I uh, yeah, I was playing with him, not against him.
0: So this tight end loophole for ESPN leagues, just in case no anyone doesn't know, he's eligible at tight end in ESPN fantasy leagues. That loophole is going to be stupid. Oh, it's not because they,
1: they're changing it.
0: They're definitely going to change it, but I just thought it was pretty funny. Um, people forget that Taysom Hill was insane in college at BYU, he was just hurt all the time. And in the two seasons, he actually played all 12 or 13 games. He racked up each of those seasons over 2,300 passing yards, at least 12 touchdowns. And in 2013, he rushed for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And he's provided a spark plug that Drew Brees, as legendary and as great as he's been, he brings a new energy to that Saints offense because now he can – he can run he he proved that he can throw and i think this is definitely i would be refreshed if i was a saints fan and as an nfl fan just in general i'm it, it's a refreshing yeah. sight to see i think here's the thing
1: um
0: which is a
1: lot of people don't know this um so first of all he he was on the packers and i remember when they got him as an undrafted rookie i was like oh this guy will be pretty good as a backup and then i saw that um, he was starting to get used on uh kick returns for the saints. And I'm like, Oh God, like I realized <laughs> we got rid of him. That was a mistake. Here's what people don't realize. He's 30 years old. So yeah, he's, he's not like, don't expect him to be around for, for 10 more years as that kind of utility player, which is mm-hmm. why he just has such an edge on, um, a lot of players just because of his age, his experience, um, and yeah, again, he played at BYU, which they're not—they're not very good. But he, I mean, he was good. I remember that as well. I remember when he got signed. I looked at—I looked at all of his uh, highlights. And yeah, he's—he's he's old, and uh, well, he's definitely not Drew Brees' permanent franchise replacement. But he's no. definitely a placeholder and a valid one at that.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely helps that the Saints are 8-2, and two, that they ha- kind of have the flexibility to be able to play Hill. And whoever picked them up in your league, well, good for them because they made a great move. So let's talk about our teams. Gabe, how would you do this week in fantasy football?
1: So I've got two buy-in leagues that I really care about. And I'll, I'll talk about the one that I'm about to be seven and four in, because that's my other hey team. Yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so I've got Kyler. I've got Chubb. I picked up Balaj this week. I was sitting CMC, and yeah. I also sat Jamal Williams. So not terribly good running backs. I've got – um. I mean, CMC when he's back and, and Chubb when he's – going off are terrific, but that wasn't the case last week. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Claypool, uh, Tyree – or not Tyree (laughs) – Taysom Hill, uh, Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey. I picked up the Cleveland defense in both of my important leagues, and that was –
0: Okay. That paid off. Yeah.
1: I scored uh, 161 in this league, uh, 169.
0: PPR points. Yeah.
1: 116 in the other wow. and then I've blank and ship. I also have AJ Brown on the bench.
0: Um, how many how many teams is this?
1: This is 10. They're both 10, 10 team leagues. Um yeah, I had a really slow start in this particular one, but I've been on a roll since. The other one, I had a terrible start. I was 2 and 5d. I traded all of my players. I traded Chris Carson I traded Julio Jones and a bunch of other players. And I actually wound up with a team that's been undefeated since. I'm now six and five. Wow. Um, I've got Russ, Mike Davis, Miles Sanders, Adams, Keenan Allen. Oh, that's Devontae Adams, by the way. Um, Taysom Hill, I yes. started yesterday. I also have Claypool. I also have the Cleveland defense. Uh, Tyler Boyd, um, mm. John o. Smith, Evan Ingram, Josh Allen. Um, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So, I that is a solid team, my friend.
0: Yeah. Hats off to you for putting together <laughs> that. That's your great team. Good job. So, on the opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> let me tell you about my team. So, I'm in two leagues. I'm in one with my cousin and a bunch of family members and some of his friends, it's 12 teams. PPR, and I'm in another league that it's just me and three other friends. It's We don't really care about it. The scores are like 180 to 195 every week. Um, but in the 12-team league, the league, so here's what happened this week. So here are all the players that, quote-unquote, did their job, which I define as reaching their projected point averages that ESPN gives until the game starts. So, Mike Davis, 15 points, did his job. Devontae Parker, 18 points, he did his job. Chase Claypool, 15 points, he did his job. Hunter Henry, 14 points, did his job. And Jason Sanders, 10 points, also did his job. You no, know didn't do their job. The three Atlanta Falcons I have on my team Matt Ryan, with a whopping five points. Todd Gurley, with an equally impressive three points. And Hayden Hurst with an even more impressive goose egg. And on top of that, the Dolphins' defense, as you can see, I invested heavily in the Dolphins because I thought they were going to roll this week against a Broncos team who had been down 20-plus points in I think each of their last three or four three games, four games, one of them. Dolphins' defense got negative one against the Denver effing Broncos. Good Lord. So I want to start with Matt Ryan. So story time. It's the draft. I already have Christian McCaffrey, who's on the IR. Kenny Galladay, who's also on the IR. Gurley and Alan Robinson, who's on a bye week. So I'm picking up next after this guy. And this guy already has Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson is on the board. So I'm like, oh, score. I'm going to scoop up Russell Wilson. This guy takes Russell Wilson. I was like, "What?" And I came to the conclusion that he probably knew I didn't have a quarterback yet, and he was like, "Oh, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sabotage this guy's quarterback position, and I'm gonna steal Mahomes and Russell Wilson from the entire rest of the league." And so I end up picking Matt Ryan. And needless to say, it's been frustrating. He I feel like he's projected a little bit too high every week. And he's been I think I think he's been regressing over the last couple of years. And yeah, he's he's been relatively frustrating other than like two or three good games. So that's that. Todd Gurley I can't get too angry at because hey, he'd been playing well. Eight of his eleven games, he's scored in double digits. And, B, I, I kind of should have seen this coming. I mean, the Saints have a really great run defense. And also the Falcons got down big. And Todd Gurley is pretty much a non-factor in the passing game. So I, I probably should have seen a bust coming. And then Hayden Hurst, kind of the same thing. I had to choose between him and A.J. Green. And clearly I chose incorrectly. Um, I can't get too angry at Hurst either. He had four straight games in double digits where because – Four straight games and double digits for a tight end is really good because just that position is very sparse of just solid options. So I end up with 79 PPR points, and the score right now is 79-51. to 51 And my opponent still has Tom Brady and Gerald Everett tonight, so I'm certainly going to be sweating that one out. <laughs> I'm 6-4 and four right now, and I'm clinging to a playoff spot, so this would definitely be a big win for me. And that is all I have to say about my fantasy yeah. football team.
1: Look, I'm in a similar situation record wise. I am six and five. Again, I, I started out two and five, so I, I did not expect to be doing as well as I am after this week. I, uh, it's going to be the top three teams in my division are all going to be um, seven and four and then i'm gonna be six and five so i despite my heroic efforts i am (laughs) not doing so well (laughs) um so again not not so great uh bad luck on my part but again valiant effort from from my my gang Uh, yeah (laughs) we'll just you know you got to take it week by
0: week um, of course yeah uh, definitely
1: Clyde Edwards Hilaire look more of a uh, look more like a fantasy player so, yes. and then CMC's out again so I have Mike Davis so I could have yeah.
0: oh yeah thank god I picked up Mike Davis because then I would probably be starting to us well, to Jerry McKinnon every week and we never know with that 49ers backfield who's going to have a good game so I'm glad I picked him up look so, yeah, I'm going to be sweating out fantasy football tonight. What, what were you going to say? I, um,
1: I traded Chris Carson for um, Mike Davis and Miles Sanders, thinking that I was what, How did – how? Thinking that I how was did,
0: How did the other person – oh, okay. Um,
1: well, I, yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, I, um, Miles Sanders was injured and CMC was coming back, supposedly. And, oh. yeah, well, neither of those really worked out. So, yeah, I got the better end of that bar again. Chris Carson hasn't really Gen- been so great.
0: General manager Gabe Shannon. <laughs> at it again. All right, that was, uh, that was Fantasy Corner, presented by Taysom Hill, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's transition to the last segment here before we take off. Got to give out some awards for week 11. Gabe, I'll let you go first since you're, since you're the guest tonight.
1: Oh, thank you so much. The uh, one thing Course. I hadn't prepared for. I'm so grateful. Awesome. Um, I'm going to go traditional with an MVP. Okay. And that's going to have to go to... Hold on. Hold on a second. Yep. Yep. Is, you still there? It's going to go to... A lot of candidates. Yes, I'm presumptive, here. candidates. Presumptive rookie of the year, Justin
0: Herbert. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I love that pick so much. Please, Just, please, please explain. Uh, I mean,
1: look, I last night I got lucky and I was on Bleacher Report when the story uh, broke that uh, they were like, who the or Joe Burrow's injury blows the rookie of the year race wide open. I was the first to comment and I said, it's Herbert's to lose now. Got about a hundred fire emojis, tons of comments. People were going off, talking about how the Chargers were worse than the Bengals, and that like you, you can't blame it on Burrow. Whatever.
0: I, I it's-, it's all, be- all because of G- all because Gabe yeah, said it's all my fault. Now right.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just think Justin Herbert has the arm talent. And the leg talent, and he's got some serious weapons. He's got Johnson, he's got Williams, he's got Henry, and he has Keenan Allen, who literally okay, throw thank God. I, you I know, I was saving the best for last, don't worry. He can throw to him nineteen Good. times. Nineteen times. And yeah, he will catch sixteen out of nineteen.
0: Um, that was that yeah. was imp- that was an impressive stat from yesterday. I was marveling at that. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's on my fantasy team too. So I'm, uh, I'm happy about that PPR. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I just think, oh man, he just, he looked good. And obviously that defense cost him, almost cost him late against um, a division three football team. Um, (laughs) And yeah, he gets the MVP for, uh, for being, being Justin Herbert and being the rookie of the year yesterday.
0: Would you rather have Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson as your quarterback for the next 10 years?
1: (laughs) Right now, it might be recency bias, but I want to take Justin Herbert. I feel like he's a safer investment. I'm still so worried about um, consistency issues with Lamar Jackson, and I'm not worried about that with Justin Herbert because he looks pretty, pretty darn consistent out there. Week after week, he's able to pretty much do it at the same level yesterday
0: amazing yes you know what sucks justin herbert's on the chargers no one cares about the chargers even chargers fans like imagine if he was on a a team who had like a lifelong fan base like imagine if he was the bears quarterback how much bears fans would just lose their minds oh i wouldn't like that after a justin herbert performance uh, well, you wouldn't like that very much, but the other 31 teams would be happy. And the NFL would be happy because people would actually be wearing Justin Herbert jerseys. Um, I think I was listening to a podcast, and they were like, have you seen on the boardwalk or just anywhere? Like, if they were in Southern California. Just anywhere someone wears, is wearing a Justin Herbert jersey, and they're like, no. <laughs> if I were the NFL, I'd just call a charge and be like, y- you got to trade Justin Herbert. Like, it would just be so much he would just be getting so much more attention if he was on a team, like even like Minnesota, like how insane, how insane would that be if he would just get more national attention? I feel like, because his fan base right now is clearly very minimal, at least his home fan base. Yeah. But yeah, he's, uh he's been, he's been awesome. So I'm going to go with my, my quick, my quick award. I'm going to shoot it back to you for one more than me as well. The New York Jets Sequence Award. So this award goes to a certain sequence of plays that reminds me of how the New York Jets would play. And that award goes to bah, 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 the New York Jets. <laughs> so the Jets forced a Keenan Allen fumble right around their own goal line. So Herbert hits Allen, and there's a big hit. Ball comes loose, Jets recover. Great play. The ensuing possession, Joe Flacco drops back and throws a pick six. On the route that literally always gets picked, I think if I looked up a statistic on which routes get picked the most often, it has to be that little out route to the sideline because it's so easy to read. Especially when it was as bad of a throw as Flacco delivered. It was just like a lollipop of a football. And Chargers defensive back stole it and took it in the end zone. And that play reminded me of the New York Jets. And only the New York Jets could remind me of the New York Jets. So my New York Jets sequence award goes to the team that got the award name after them. So that was that. All right, Gabe, one more award for you.
1: Um, I think I'm gonna go a little bit more creative here.
0: I'm gonna go Okay. The most
1: solid, well rounded, just good game by a player. And it's okay. gonna go to Antonio Gibson. I've just been uh I think this guy's pretty good. He's not great, obviously. He's only a rookie. Um uh-huh. <laughs> he had ninety-four yards rushing, a touchdown, he had a nice uh yeah, I, he had a 10-yard reception. I mean, he's a he's a wide receiver, right, playing running back. And he yeah, he led the uh he led the Washington football team in rushing uh, 16 carries. So that's a, about a 6 6 yards per carry average, which is uh, definitely more than just awesome. decent or good. But yeah, he's still not not at that obviously like Derrick Henry tier. But this is again, this is like the good, all around, decent game of the game of the week, and it goes to my boy Gibson.
0: I agree. It's it's given Washington fans something to cheer about. He has been great. It it's just refreshing to see someone on the Washington football team. I mean, obviously other than Terry McLaurin, have an impact on the game. Yeah, I know it was against Cincinnati, but hey. yards carry on 16 carries. That's something to brag about. And Antonio Gibson's certainly been solid. And for fantasy purposes, he's been awesome. So I think that's a good pick. So my second and last award. I wanted to find a better name for this, but this is all I could come up with. The Angry Fan Base Award. There were a lot of candidates, but I'm going to zero in on the Detroit (laughs) Lions. I don't know about you, but I love looking at teams' social medias and local beats after really bad bosses. Would, would you agree? I'm, I mean, I don't
1: seek that, but I can imagine how it would be entertaining.
0: So I took a journalism class at Indiana University this summer, and the, st- the sports writing instructor, Dean Hume, great guy, one thing he told us was to never write. When we're angry. However. It's pretty damn funny. When you can see that writers are angry. I want to use the Detroit free press as the example. It was. A hilarious. Piece. It was right after the Lions game. First of all, let me explain the, the Lions game. So the Lions are four and five going into this game. And. We're on a quest to kind of sneak into the playoffs. This was the easy part of their schedule They just beat Washington. Had Carolina now, and the next week they have Houston. And they needed to take definitely at least two of these before the hard part of their schedule, which is Chicago, Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa. And the Panthers going into this game were reeling. Lost five straight games without McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater. And their starting quarterback, P.J. Walker, was making his first career start. Since the XFL, (laughs) and what do the Detroit Lions do? They turn in their most most disappointing performance of the season—a twenty-to-nothing stinker. Their first shutout, or first time getting shutout in eleven years, and Matt Patricia's seat is about as hot as Southern California in August. I want to point out one quote from the Detroit Free Press that I found pretty hilarious. So basically. They were harping on how bad the Panthers' defense was going into this game and how little the teams that have played them before punted. And they followed it up with, and then you have the Lions, who punted on four of their first five possessions. The other possession, a fumbled snap. It got so bad for the Lions that they were forced to go to trick plays just for a chance to score. But a 51-yard flea flicker of a touchdown was wiped away by an illegal formation. Of course, right? The Lions had the right play. They achieved the element of surprise. But a mental mistake took it away, which sums up Patricia's coaching regime. Right here. The New York Post does a great job of that. The Giants have had some heartbreaking losses this year. And they've had some pretty funny follow-ups to it. This was great. They also included lines in this lines wrap up. It was a pathetic performance. They kept harping on, of course, the lines would just do that. <laughs> um, and then as for social media, the lines most recent Instagram post as of right now, it is six o'clock PM Eastern time is Desmond Trufant picking off PJ Walker in the end zone in the fourth quarter when the lines were down 17. And the caption was, 23 with the INT. Hashtag Detroit at North Carolina. <laughs> and you go to the comments. There's like a like 1,800 comments. They go along the lines of, how the hell does Patricia still have a job? The audacity to post this right now is astonishing. And I one quote then one post that really summed it up. We can't score against a 27th-ranked defense. We are playing for a potential playoff spot. And can't even be competitive against the Panthers. So I talked to Noah Frank about this a little while ago on the pod. You should go check it out if you haven't. So he used to run social media for the Washington Nationals. And he was talking about how posting after a tough loss is really hard, especially after something like a crappy performance, which we had today with Detroit, or just a heartbreaker. And we used as an example the Colorado Rockies they lost by 18 runs on September 2nd and the Rockies Twitter tweeted we typically have positive and encouraging words when tweeting the final score after losses or some kind of clever approach not tonight we lost 23 to 5 it sucked good night and that might have been my favorite tweet (laughs) that might have been my favorite tweet of the whole baseball season and I asked Noah, like, well, what do you do? And he was like, well, I guess you just post a graphic of something happy that happened during a game. And you say, like, thanks for coming, everyone, on to the next game or on to the next week. But I wish, honestly wish more social media was like that, which is like Patricia's play calling effing sucked. We got shut out against a terrible defense. On to the next week. What, would How would you feel if you saw that from – not just a Lions page, was even like an Eagles page or a Jags page that just turned in a terrible game last week, and it was like, yeah, Jake Luton sucked this week. He threw four interceptions. It is what it is.
1: <laughs> um. Oh, my God. I just think it's so oblivious to just be like 23 with the IMT. Like, they're asking for it. Come on. You just shut out by the Panthers. Yeah. I, I also think it's – they have to approach it the way – the XFL does, and I actually think the, that Washington does a very phenomenal job on their Instagram. If you see, they post yeah. like very engaging content, and it's not always like, oh, like tough game today. Uh, like even if they lose, they actually post like funny things. Yeah. And the XFL just did so well with that. They posted memes and like trash yeah. talk ahead of the games. And I think that that is, that's the approach, right? Social media is obviously, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not always a tool for good, but with sports, you just kind of have to make it funny. And yeah, that's, that's really it. You just gotta, as long as it's humorous and you're making the best of a bad situation, like the line's getting shut out. Obviously I don't, bad as a Packers fan, Uh, but yeah, I I think that that's the approach.
0: So I think that's why fan pages exist. They have to differentiate themselves versus the actual like team-run social media. Because I, I follow a lot of New York Giants pages. It's hilarious when like the team was blowing a game, just the chronological order of posts, but. I feel like the Team Braun social media is as much as I would like to see memes and trash talking and whatnot. I think they kind of have to stay vanilla and objective. Because I'm trying to think of a time when like a team like tweeted something like that. Chargers. You know, or posted on Instagram, something job, like yes. that. But yeah, I think being a little less vanilla would be nice. But I think that's kind of why fan pages exist. I don't know. Do you follow any Packers fan pages on Instagram? You know,
1: I don't. I mean, I mostly just keep it to my friends. I don't really need to see stuff on social media after a tough loss. Uh, I what I do. What I will do is, I used to be a huge Wisconsin fan, right? The Badgers. Um, used well, to. now that I'm applying to colleges, and, yeah, I don't. I don't at, want to be married to a basketball. college fan base. Uh, you. If you feel yeah. me. Um, so, yeah. I feel you. And I would always go on the Wisconsin Barstool page. And that is one um, that does a really good job. Obviously, the Barstool content in general is supposed to be funnier, more engaging. Right. But I think that I would post yeah. that like um, when Minnesota was saying, you know, row the boat and then meet them. It was mm. we sank the boat, and I posted that on my Instagram. I thought that was hilarious, and and I think that's why okay. those pages exist because you're not going to see the University of Wisconsin uh, football page posts something like that. Um, yeah, I I uh, deleted an expletive from from the uh, sink the boat. I think you can guess what it was, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it, there. Yeah you're not going to get an official team page to do that. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I overall think that that kind of content is, uh, it's great. The XFL did a great job with this. Again, I'll, I'll keep saying that.
0: Yeah. I, I like when social media has fun bands like that. All right. That'll wrap it up for this episode of the Black and White Sports Podcast. Make sure to check out the blackandwhite.net. We've still got some awesome stories going up. Gabe, oh, out
1: yeah. check out the net. Oh my God, guys. Great satire. Uh, classic, classic humor.
0: Check it out. Gabe, did you hear about the guy that was applying for a job? But then he said he would put 110% effort into his job, prompting the interviewer to just shred his resume on the spot. I mean, God, what a dumb guy. That's, doesn't he know that percent right he just can't
1: compute basic math what an idiot right
0: uh yeah that's that's the type of of humor you're in
1: for reading the rutabaga
0: yes please go check that out and make sure to recommend this podcast to your friends or your peers or whoever likes sports that you're around please recommend this podcast we have a special episode planned for hopefully Friday or Saturday with a very special guest, so make sure to tune into that. Otherwise, Gabe, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure thank you. talking football with you. Make sure everybody stay safe.